This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The dumpster fire that was 2020, just about all the way behind us in the sport of boxing. Time to look ahead as hope springs eternal just a bit to the fights we can hope, want, wish love to see in 2021 my name is brian campbell of course the bbc the big beige one one half of your tri-weekly morning combat duo alongside luke thomas uh giving you a little bonus action on the box side right now coming at you with the five fights i most want to see in the sport of boxing in 2021 a mixture of the Fights we'll likely see, the fights we wish we could see, all sort of coming together in one little hodgepodge for you. Let's get the business out of the way right away. Like this video if you do like it. Please subscribe to what we're doing on Morning Combat. Uh, The first source you, you need to go to for all things Fight Talk, MMA, Boxing, and beyond. Three times live a week. All the bonuses you can handle. All the live chats. All the interviews. All that and then some tall, pale, and handsome it is your uh, your homemade haircutted BC back at it, ready to go. Look, 2020 was not the year uh, many of us hoped for our best laid plans in anything uh, surrounding life. Boxing, obviously, right with that. Decent start to the year. Got the big super fight of Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, too. Then quarantine hit. Slow getting back. The sport was able to rebound to a certain degree, creating these bubbles, having a few super fights to close, things like Spence Garcia, Gervonta Davis, Leo Santa Cruz, etc. Anthony Joshua returning, but really it was a year largely put on pause and that seemed to delay the, the hopefully inevitable build to these big super fights that we want, that we need, that we deserve as fans. So let me look ahead to the five fights I most want to see for this new year when can we be hopeful that we see a lot of these? I think a lot of it may end up be dependent upon how many, uh, how quickly crowds can return. We've seen, you know, 10, 15,000 in the Alamo dome, AT&T stadium, so to speak, but it's just not going to be the same as when you can put on a big fight, you can open the tickets up. You can either get 18,000 people in Las Vegas paying way too much money, or you can get, you know, 50,000 people in the dome, go to England, get 80, 90,000 in the stadium, that type of economic difference. It's hard to make some of these super big fights, but here's a mixture of the ones we need to see. And number one, you go no further than the heavyweight division. Uh, we need this fight for the health of the sport. It's Anthony Joshua. It's Tyson Fury. It's all four recognized world heavyweight titles. Biggest fight you can make in boxing with still active guys who matter in the sport, right? You can bring Floyd Mayweather back and get 
a ton of pay-per-view buys. I mean, if you did Floyd Manny part two tomorrow, I mean, look, you're going to do two, three million pay-per-view buys. Obviously you fight a Jake Paul brother. Uh, you bring in 54 year old Mike Tyson. You can make some circus carnival fights that they are making, by the way, that would be really big, but nothing's bigger than uh, Joshua and Fury. Fury unbeaten, lineal champion, the guy who beat the guy, WBC champion. He put Deontay Wilder away against Anthony Joshua, who regained his trio of world titles in 2019. Had a nice title defense against Kubrat Pulev in his only appearance this year. These guys are at the peak of their primes. They're charismatic. They sell. This fight matters in so many ways because boxing uh, heavyweight division is the gateway drug right it, it's how you bring in the casuals they want the old school feels of one division one face one name one champion and to have a four belt title holder for the first time in this modern era of where we have to deal with these four belts it would be huge it would be huge because uh you know one people again are just sick of well this guy's the champion but there's that other guy that's the champion it would eliminate that it would also mean that like it's not you know, Sultan Ibrahimov against Vladimir Klitschko. These are two guys that if they're not crossover household names, at least in the U.S., they're on the verge of being for even the most, you know, push boxing away, casual mainstream sports fan in Britain. This is the biggest fight of all time. I mean, this is a 100,000 seat soccer stadium type fight. Uh, And even though Tyson Fury would rightfully be favored right now because we've seen Anthony Joshua lose in 2019 because Fury's coming off of a, you know, a knockout of domination of Deontay Wilder that is either the future in his evolved state as a fighter who's now looking to be more offensive with a new trainer in Javon Sugar Hill, or maybe it's just a one night sort of aberration because Deontay Wilder had a horrible night at the office and really uh, nothing went well and lived, you know, behind a bevy of excuses as to why afterwards, either way. You got Fury coming in at 6'9", long arms, can box, just a unique, historic heavyweight against a guy in Joshua, 6'6", who's just a machine, just built, can box and punch. Uh, Both have been a little bit chinny at times. Obviously, Anthony Joshua has the much more uh, maligned and questionable chin in this case, but... Uh, regardless of who you thought would win, if you think AJ has more of a chance than sort of recent history would tell us, it's a monster, monster fight. Can we see it in 2021? I think we can. I think the optimism of the promoters and the networks, um, it's good that we want to do crosstown promotion. It's good that ESPN and uh, and Eddie Hearn and DAZN are, are, are sort of just going, yeah, we can make this work, right? DAZN just launched this sort of quasi-sneaky pay-per-view plan ahead of the last Canelo fight, which shows you they have a way to do pay-per-view to make these two network deals happen. So the fact, the, the fact that everybody's willing to do it after the headache we went through and not seeing Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua be made when they were both undefeated champions, this is great. It's just the problem is the mandatories in front of both guys. I, Tyson Fury, depending on who you talk to, still has that mandatory he has to do, which is the winner of the Alexander Povetkin uh, Dillian White rematch. Of course, AJ, Anthony Joshua has Alexander Usyk in front of him as a mandatory, and that's not an easy fight by any means. I mean, that can be a you know upset city for all we know. Can you pay people to step aside? Yes, you can. Is there a chance the alphabets could come together and actually do right for boxing and say, we will allow this unification to happen of course that'd be great alphabets don't typically do what's best for boxing though right because this goes against their own business plan of wanting their title uh regularly defended and and purse fees paid and all that but i think even if both had to do mandatories in the first half of the year we can see this in the second half of 2020 provided they win uh it's there's so much long-term potential in what it could mean for the health of the sport i think it would be an exciting fight no matter what i I don't see how this could be boring 
uh, I think we'll see it and we need it. And, and I love it. And Fury would be favored, uh, you know, and I would expect him to win, but it's not going to be easy. Joshua can punch. He's a finisher with two hands. He's an educated uh, knockout artist in there when he's got you hurt. And, and, and Fury may be huge at six foot nine and have unnatural speed and reflexes for a guy that big and a great IQ and all that. But AJ six, six with long arms, he can get to him. And it's not like Tyson Fury's the biggest puncher in the world where we have to be worried that if Joshua's facing Deontay Wilder, we'd be worried that he can get sparked early. I don't think he can get sparked early against Tyson Fury. I think this would be a real fight, a chess match. If it stayed a chess match, uh, Tyson Fury, I think, could win it comfortably. But this turns into a fight, as we saw in the Klitschko, Anthony Joshua 2017 classic. Uh, All bets are off. You never know. You got to favor Fury, but you never know. Need to see it. Heck, need to see two or three these guys need to see Deontay Wilder parachute back into this discussion if he can get a big win right like that that Andrew Ruiz Jr. by the way is getting in shape for a heavyweight comeback although please PBC do not do a pay-per-view with him against Chris Ariola for the love of God please don't but uh look heavyweight division renaissance it's fun let's do it let's keep it going number two fight I need to see on my wish list in 2021 uh look if, if this is your number one yeah, join the club. There's there's no shame. This is the best fight you can make. I said Fury Joshua was the best fight you can make to attract the casuals, to put on a big spectacle in an event. The actual best fight you can make in boxing from a critical pound for pound. We need to see it now. Generational standpoint. Yes. Welterweight title unification. Unbeaten champions. Errol Spence Jr. Terrence Crawford. Ah, we're getting close where this has been on the... the it's been on, on the number one of our list of fights we need to see for so long that you fear with both guys aging and, and, and Errol Spence recently not, you know, being like, yeah, bring it to me, doing more of the stiff arm, I'm the A side, come to me, blah, blah, blah. You fear that we're going to get a little bit too late when we finally see this, that one of them will take a loss first, or that it'll be like Mayweather Pacquiao, where they'll be a little bit past their prime by the time they fight, and we won't get what we're supposed to get. And what are we supposed to get here? Two guys vying for the crown of, of, of best welterweight in the world and best fighter in the world. Yes, I have Canelo right now, number one on my pound for pound list. You can have either Spencer Crawford, and really, there's not a ton of argument you can put against you, although I think Canelo deserves number one. But if they fought each other, the winner is your best fighter in the sport. And I think it's this generation's Sugar Ray Leonard, Thomas Hearns, part one, 1981. You know, uh, it's it's that level of fight because I think both of these guys are all time great in in a, in a great welterweight era, by the way, with with an aging Pacquiao still around, Porter, Crawford, I mean, uh, Thurman, Ugas, and all. Yeah, I mean, on and on. They're, they're, look, it's a it's a deep time. It's a great time to be alive at welterweight. But we got to see these guys face each other. So how do we get there? Can we get there? Um, I think we can get there in 2021. And I think the biggest holdup is that although we've seen breakthroughs of late with Fox and ESPN working together for the for the Fury Wilder rematch um, and, you know, talks of Joshua and Fury working together and DAZN getting involved in this sort of two network pay-per-view deal. It's not that Crawford Spence can't be made right now. I mean, it's difficult with Bob Arum on one side and Al Heyman of the PBC on the other, but it's not possible it's just that everyone has to want it, and Ty- Terrence Crawford's got to get out of his pe- out of his uh, top rank deal. I mean, that's the bottom line. It's not his fault. It, in some ways, is it top rank's fault? Well, I don't know. It depends on who you can believe. Has top rank, in good faith, tried to make fights for Terrence Crawford against PBC guys and offered good money? Some think they offered Sean Porter three million to come fight Crawford. But but if you're Al Heyman and PBC and you never accepted any of these offers, you also 
can understand it. You wouldn't support it because in boxing at the end of the day, what's right for the fighters, the fans, the, the health of the sport is that we make the fights that are hard to make. We make the fights that matter, not wait and you come to us. But I guess you could understand if that's the case, if Al Heyman is playing long-term chess and saying, look, dude, Bud Crawford, eventually your deal is going to run out. Come to us, come to the PBC pool, sign with us. You can fight any friggin' welterweight you want, maybe except for Pacquiao, who was PBC for the last couple of years, but his, his uh, contract expired. If it's as simple as that, I get it. It's boxing, right? You know, the A side has the control. It's why Errol Spence is talking more about 60, 40, 70, 30 than, yeah, I want to fight uh, Crawford. I want to prove my, my greatness. The reality is neither is afraid of each other. Both want to prove their greatness, but boxing is a, is a long-term financial chess game. And there's a lot of posturing. Um, if, if all reports are to be true, then Terrence Crawford has one more fight left on his top rank ESPN deal. And that would push him to like next October being a free agent, which means you could make this fight at the end of next year, provided Crawford fights out his deal. And then whoever, I mean, could, could, could top rank secure a Manny fight and do a big pay-per-view for Crawford? Yes. Could they also just give him whomever to try to end the deal? Since obviously Bob Arum and Terrence Crawford, not friends lately in the media that could happen as well. Uh, is it impossible that all sides could come together right now? Not impossible, but not likely. The most likely scenario here is that Crawford becomes the free agent, follows you know the Floyd Mayweather blue plan, blueprint. I'm sorry, the plan. Sign with Al Heyman and PBC the second half of this year. And either we make that fight right away or we build even further to that fight, which is not what any of us would want. But I also could see that happening, like maybe each fight one more time with the whole idea that the winners face off. There's risk in that. The old marination, Bob Arum, right? Your Orcas Gamboa, Juan Manuel Lopez, the boxing hardcores know what I mean when I say marination. Uh, I don't want to see any more marination. I think we have to wait at the very least until next fall, you know, until, until late 2021. I'm optimistic we'll see it before they get too old, but we're getting close. We're getting close where, you know, Terrence Crawford, 33, 34 years old, is it, you know, is he going to not be the same guy that he was the last couple of years toiling against B, C level competition when all the A's were over there at top rank? Um, man, I want to see this fight. I'm not, to, again, I, I'm never defending the broken business structure in boxing, especially if you're an MMA fan, you're watching this and you're like, BC, like enough, dude, are these guys going to fight or not? If they're not going to fight, I don't care. I'm not going to watch boxing anymore. I get that. You're spoiled by the UFC's control over the fighters. And it only happened that way because Dana and Zufa rescued a dead sport that couldn't get on TV and rebuilt it in their own house with their own rules. It's a privilege to be a high level UFC fan, right? The best fight, the best all the time. They also don't get paid maybe what they should. Another topic for another day. But uh, we'll pause the action here for a little uh, hemp-infused seltzer from the folks at Kalo. Big fan of this, by the way. Don't always drink hemp-infused seltzer, but when I do, it's certainly the uh, the the Kalo uh, strawberry watermelon. So, uh... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All righty then. Um, this fight would be fantastic 
I don't think we've had a fight like this, save for Mayweather Pacquiao, which again did come too late. I mean, maybe Golovkin Canelo was a little bit like this, although again, that one also came a little bit too late because Canelo, for all I say good about him, did wait Triple G out a bit. I can't remember the last time we had uh, this much stakes on a huge fight with both guys that high pound for pound. And look, it's not, um, it's not lost on me that when Andre Ward and Sergey, Sergey Kovalev fought each other the first time about three years ago, that was for one, one versus two and pound for pound or one, ver- or one versus three or two versus three, however you had it, that was close. They didn't have the same, um, you know, commercial relevancy as these welterweights, those two pay-per-views they did died on the vine for HBO pay-per-view. And also, you know, it, people don't look at the light heavyweight title with the same reverence in the modern pay-per-view era that we look at the welterweight title. There's still classic titles in boxing, right? It's heavyweight, it's middleweight, it's welterweight. Welterweight's your sexy money pay-per-view division. Uh, sometimes it's featherweight, not really. It's really never any other title. It's not bridgerweight, I'll tell you that much. Um, But, you know, like the prestige in this one, the skill level of both, both being unbeaten champions coming together in a unification. I mean, this is some classic old timey, awesome shit right here. This is why we watch the sport. So uh, boxing gods, if you're up there, right, you know, can you please make this before either get old? Um, Spence getting some heat for his lack of like, yeah, bring it on. Call You know, I, I get it. But again, it's posturing. Okay. He wants this fight. He knows what it means to him. He knows if you want to be the guy of this era, you got to beat this guy. The problem is the Mayweather Pacquiao model has shown us to build, 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 build and wait. And they got lucky, by the way, that Mayweather Pacquiao didn't die when Pacquiao got upset by Tim Bradley in that screwy decision. That it didn't die when Pacquiao got knocked out cold by Juan Manuel Marquez in their fourth fight. That Pacquiao bounced back and rebuilt himself and really... I mean, for all the negatives we'll say about the timing of Mayweather Pacquiao, somehow it was still one versus two in their division, one versus two pound for pound at the time, and one versus two in their era. I don't think we can necessarily say that last part yet on Crawford Spence in terms of the era, right? This is Canelo's era at the moment. When I say era, it's a mixture, of course, of commercial value with with like paper, you know, with, with pound for pound value, you know, commercial and critical together. It's Canelo's time right now. You know, he took the baton from Mayweather and Pacquiao who had taken the baton from Oscar De La Hoya, who had a more higher level commercial run than he did critical, right? Early, you know, late nineties, Oscar was there critically two thousands. He was just the big draw, but you know, Roy Jones critically before that, the heavyweights Tyson and company uh, commercially before that it's Canelo's time right now, but the winner of Crawford Spence, you know, is going to go a long way. And, and just, you know, the thing is, though, you don't want it just once. You don't want to say, you know, what if you had a crystal ball and you said, BC, we're going to get it. It's going to be almost too late, but still awesome. And it's going to be a great fight, but it's going to be one fight. And it's going to be a year and a half from now. No, that like, I want it right now. And then I want it a second time. And then I wanted a third time, right? And I don't know, it doesn't always happen in the, in the huge big fights. Like we, we should have saw De La Hoya Trinidad too, you know, sometime after that we didn't. Uh, even Hearns Leonard, which I'm talking about, they didn't rematch until what, you know, eight years later. And, uh, and you know, it, was, it just wasn't the same, even though it was a good fight and, and Hearns kind of got screwed in that draw. Uh, I want it. And I, and I want it again if we have to. And maybe that's why Triple G Canelo was the last big fight we can say that Came a little late, 
but it delivered both times. Yeah, you had the controversy of the scoring, but it was two pound-for-pound level guys who were trying to make their bid historically to their critical standing in the sport. And they came together and both fought their heart out in one and two and uh, both had arguments to have one, both elevated themselves. It's rare when we get that, right? It's rare when that happens where everything, I know we, again, we had to deal with uh, <laughs> tainted meat. We had to deal with uh, 118, 110 from, uh, you know, adolescent bird, as Danny Jacobs would say, uh, Adelaide bird there, but we still got a great fight that delivered on the highest level. And I think there's no way Crawford Spence couldn't be, even if it was a chess match of all tacticalness, it would still be compelling in the same way that the second half of the Lomachenko Lopez fight this year, which was very much a high level chess match still was insanely intriguing because of the skill level, the strategy, the, all that please Spence Crawford is all that. And then some, okay. It's a, in a bag of chips and a three piece and a side of mods with all it is. It is. Let's make it. Bob, make it. Bob, you're out of the equation. You may not be part of this equation. Somebody's going to make it. I'm going to be there. Please. Hopefully it's 2021. I'm I'm, I'm going to say if we don't get it in 2020, at the very least, it'll be ready to be built for early 2022. God, why does boxing suck? What? It, you know, the whole Larry Merchant thing about like you can't fix the sport, but you can't kill it. It's so true. You can't kill this thing because anytime they resurface with a big one, it still matters to you because boxing at the end of the day is the best sport ever. Max Kellerman's ridiculous, uh, you know, thing that he always says is true, where if you were in a city and there's four blocks around you and a sporting event of each of your favorite sports broke out, boxing on one corner, basketball on the other, tennis on the other, whatever it is, you'd run to the boxing, okay? Because at the end of the day, we all love fights and we love, and, and you know, MMA can get there and they can get close, but there's this classic element to mano imano boxing. Who's the man? Spence Crawford, please. All right. Deep breath. Deep. All right, Eric. Uh, let me put some water on your balls. Deep breath now. I'm trying to get my timer here to make sure I don't go over. Um, number three, Canelo Alvarez. But Canelo Alvarez versus whom? That's the discussion right here. I know you want me to say Triple G Part Three because to casual fans, it's the biggest. It may be the biggest fight you can make in the sport to casual fans right now. I mean, I argue that Joshua Fury would be and should be bigger and could be, but you know, name value wise, in terms of a fight that has delivered before uh, and the storyline of Triple G going twenty four amazing rounds with Canelo and coming out of it with what? one scorecard in his favor was it was it one first fight was a draw it was the bad draw card from don trella love you don bad draw card there was the 118 110 awful card triple g got one scorecard there i don't think he got or maybe he got one in the in the second was it a majority decision win for for canelo either way to for triple g to fight that great in those two fights and come out of it with not even a draw not you know two law you know sorry a draw and a loss and not even uh you know storyline wise yeah i i get why you would want this fight the problem is that Triple G is not the same guy. Guy, He's not. All right. Rewatch his recent fight. He's just not the same guy. Canelo is so much better even now than he was uh, in the, you know, heading into the first Triple G fight that, you know, I think Canelo owns him. Like, remember the, the great uh, Manny Pacquiao, Eric Morales trilogy, right? We forget sometimes that it's a trilogy because the second half of it was pretty one-sided. First half, an instant freaking classic from 2005 with, with Eric Morales taking the close decision. He went lefty in the final round. You know, did you love it? I, lo- I loved it. Thank you. Thank you, Larry Merchant. Um, rematch, people forget, even though Pacquiao stopped him late. Morales was winning that fight. That was a great fight. Third fight, 
hot knife through butter, right? Morales sat down, basically no moss was like, dude, I can't deal with this buzzsaw. I fear that's good. That would happen to triple G in the third fight. So would I want to see it for a lot of reasons? Would I be happy with it? Of course, big fight for the sport. It's not, it's not on my wish list though. It's in the top 10, not in the top five. And even though Canelo wants to stay at 168 and unify all the titles, and I respect that. So you'd think BC's going to throw at you Billy Joe Saunders, Caleb Plant, David Benavides, if he could pick back up his old title. Uh, maybe, yeah, great fights would love them, would freaking love them. But I think the best fight you can make with Canelo right now, uh, critically and eventually commercially, is that one that Cliff Rold mentioned on Twitter that I mentioned on Morning Combat a couple episodes ago. Jamal Charlo. Canelo Alvarez versus Jamal Charlo is the fight that I, number three, most want to see for next year. Are we going to see it? No, no, we're probably not going to see it. Canelo's laid out what what matters to him, unifying belts at 168. He's going to have that stay-busy title, uh, mandatory defense against Avni Yildirim in in February. Going to come back probably against Billy Joe Saunders in May, then come back one more time in September. Shout out to Canelo for three appearances. The third one would be what? Uh, Probably Triple G. Maybe... uh, Maybe Caleb Plant, but I think it's more likely that Canelo right now stays on the DAZN matchroom sport Eddie Hearn side of the bracket. Eddie Hearn right now has you know Triple G. He's got uh, Billy. He's got connections to Billy Joe Saunders. He's got uh, Danny Jacobs. I mean, I, you know, I'm not. I don't think Canelo's going to go out his way to, to rematch Danny Jacobs. But I think it's more likely Canelo signs a two or three fight deal to stay where he is. Get that done. Try to unify the belts and then see what's next. And even though Jamal Charlo said he would move up to 168, I think he would if the opportunity was there. Um, and, may, and maybe he should if you really think about it, because they're in the PBC land. There's just not a ton of there's just no names. Sorry, not forget a ton. There's no names at 160, right? I mean, unless Jarrett Hurd and company move up from 154, maybe he should move up to 68 anyway on the PBC side where you have Caleb Plant, David Benavidez, Andre Durrell, Uzkatigi, a couple other names that you'd care about. But the reason why I love this fight is because if you're going to create a blueprint of what's going to give Canelo trouble, and I respect him that he goes out of his way to find this trouble and prove you wrong. You know, he fought Lara, Trout, Floyd when he probably shouldn't have. Um, is that Billy Joe Saunders could give him a tough night at the office. He's tricky. He fights in, in a negative style, all that stuff. And I don't care if you hate Billy Joe. I mean, you should hate Billy Joe. He's a, he's a, he's a troll. But he's just a tough out in the ring. And certainly I like Caleb Plant's hand speed. I think Benavidez would make a fun fight because of the size and his willingness to brawl. But Jamal Charlo has a combination of size, speed, power, ring IQ, and balls that I don't think anyone else in this sphere around 60 and 68. Okay, 175, if you're Luke Thomas and you want him to fight better, I get it, dude. That'd be a phenomenal challenge i just don't think he's going to go out of his way i mean better be there's like no commercial imprint in boxing and that's a tough 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 fight uh jermall charlo has the best full package i believe whoa check out that check out the unit on that guy of all these guys we're talking about and i think commercially he could really get there in a quick way it would, it would involve though like if canelo announced that uh he was going to fight yield and then he was looking to fight Caleb Plant in the spring. I could say, wow, 
maybe the fall, maybe he stays with PBC. Maybe the fall we get that Jamal Charlo fight. It's most likely that if we do, it's going to be 2022. And then by then it might be huge because Jamal might, you know, who just had his pay-per-view debut with his brother and looked fantastic in a close, tough fight uh, with, uh, you know, the, the damn Ukrainian guy, the what, Sergei Dervinchenko. Um, that fight right now, I mean, I could talk myself into Jamal Charlo winning that fight. Uh, you know, Canelo's the favorite. Damn right, Canelo's the favorite. But, uh, you know, Jamal's got a stiff jab. His footwork, like, Canelo doesn't go out of his way to fight guys with quick feet. You know, Golovkin had an abil- a smart ability to cut off the ring in that powerful jab as a weapon. He was not able to land his right hand against Canelo, though. Canelo too quick for him. But Charlo's got the quickness, the IQ, and that big right hand that's that's fast enough that Canelo can't be, you know, nonchalant about it. I mean, that's a fight. That's a fight. It's a chess match, too. And it's a fight. Uh, that'd be the number three fight that I would want to see the most in 2021. Um, no, we're not going to see it, though. But I'm here for it. OK, just the same. It's it's in the, it's in play, though. It's possible. She's probably not going to see it based on where Canelo's headed. Number four, folks. Here we go. BC on a roll right now. OK. Fight I most want to see in 2021, lightweight division. Teo Fimo Lopez Jr. And by the way, you could insert any name (coughs) next to him for the fight you most want to see, right? If you say, I want to see Lomachenko again, that's great. You want to see him against Devin Haney, that's great. You want to see him against Ryan Garcia if he gets past Luke Campbell this weekend, that's awesome. I want to see him against Gervonta Davis. Will it happen in 2021? No, it's not going to happen. They're on opposite sides of the political sphere. One on ESPN top rank, the other on PBC, Fox and Showtime. And I think because they're so young, right? I think Teo's 23. What's Gervonta? I think he might've just turned 26. Uh, they're so young that it's not likely that they fight early like this. It's, and it's not likely that both, all parties go out of their way to make it because there's more money to be made if they do it down the road. And that's the reality. Both guys are just in putting their imprint in there, right? Lopez upsetting Lomachenko on ESPN, big ratings, huge win. Gervonta knocking out Leo Santa Cruz in his pay-per-view debut, just showing you that he's the goods. Not good. I, I get I get Leo's moving up from weight. He's a smaller fighter. But Gervonta's got titles at 30 and 35, albeit a secondary one at 135. This would be a hellaciously great fight at lightweight. Both can box, both can punch. Both are super athletic. I think Teo is even more athletic and quicker. And, you know, he put Gervonta into counter-punching mode. And we'd see Bull and Matador, and this would be amazing. We're not going to see it. Uh, Teo could still have a monster year. And I believe he's going to go out of his way to fight people. But he's he's playing the A-side card right now. Again, not holding it against him when you understand boxing. But he's basically like, look, I'm the A-plus side. Meaning, if you're going to fight me, you're going to take a, a, a small amount. I'm going to take most of it, okay? Yeah, I want to fight everybody. But I'm the guy you got to come to me. Gervonta's not going to come to him. That's really the problem. They both look at themselves as the future pillars of the sport. And I think it's more likely that Ryan Garcia would fight Gervonta than he would... Uh, Teofimo at this point. I think that's a matchup they think they can outbox Gervonta and win. I, I, I don't know. I'd, I'd pick Gervonta in that one. Who would I pick in Teofimo Lopez and Gervonta Davis? I don't know. And that's why I love this fight. And I think a lot of people who are against Gervonta for his maybe his matchmaking or his outside the ring issues, arrests and stuff, which is legit, his issues making way, uh, they don't maybe always realize how, how good he really is. And that's because he hasn't had to show it. He hasn't had to outbox people 
He blows people away. It was a fun fight with Leo as long as it lasted. Leo came to win, but as we said, if you're Santa Cruz and you don't have big power, the more you try to win, the more you're going to open yourself up to get served. And he he was, you know, he got he got two tickets. Here's two tickets to not Paradise Eddie Money. Here's two tickets to uh, Fire and Brimstone. Uh, we'll see if you get out of there. Um, shout out to Leo for doing that, right? In his biggest fight of his life, he he, he went for it. But uh, Teo and Gervonta is just some good ass ish. And let's not forget about the five pillars, the foundation, boxing's future. I talk about these guys all the time. Here's the group we're talking about. Teofimo Lopez Jr., Gervonta Davis, Ryan Garcia, and Devin Haney, even though Devin's coming off of a somewhat flat performance against Gamboa, in which he dominated, by the way. Those are four of the five. Who's the fifth guy? The guy that we do not talk about enough. The guy who is in number five of my five fight wish list for 2021, Shakur Stevenson, former featherweight champ, unbeaten, 2016 Olympic gold medalist has moved up to 130, probably going to open the year against the winner of the Jamel Herring Carl Frampton title fight. But you know who he wants to close the year? He's 23, by the way. He wants the guy that I want him to fight the most. I want Shakur Stevenson Vasily Lomachenko to close out my 2021. That's number five on my list. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Guys, that is that has the potential. It, it's crossroads, right? Lomachenko at 32, your former pound for pound king. He came on too late against Lopez. He had really bad excuses. He's got to figure out this year which direction is he going. All right. Is the magic slowly going? Is he going to move down and wait again to try to reestablish himself at a weight class that's better suited for his size? Is he going to keep what has been his legacy of taking on the most dangerous toughest challenges available he fought orlando salito for a world title in his second pro fight that's ridiculous will he take on a crossroads type thing against shakur stevenson at 130 heck do it at 135 i'm sure shakur would move up for it he's eventually going to be a welterweight i believe even though it's a big jump from starting your career at 126 and then going up to welterweight i think he's so good look the comparisons to shakur in floyd mayweather we cringe when we compare anybody to floyd but if there's anybody in this game who has early, not pretty, not all money Mayweather, pretty boy Floyd Mayweather looks and vibes and feels, dude, it's Shakur Stevenson. Let's not forget that at 21 in 1999, Floyd Mayweather was your boxing fighter of the year. And to some people had become the pound for pound king in like 2000, 2001, right in that area. It's not out of the question that Shakur Stevenson at 23 next year could could have a fighter of the year campaign could could ascend the pound for pound list because he's amazing his hand speed his knowledge of boxing he's just two three four steps ahead of everybody does he have the power to be a finisher doesn't look like he does uh, especially as he might moves up in weight he says he does he's gonna have to prove that he hasn't had to or he's relied more on the quickness and the shoe shining look floyd was a puncher early we forget that right but as he rose again, he had to become a different type of fighter. I think Shakur is, he's not Floyd Mayweather. He's not going to be Floyd Mayweather, but he's got the best chance to to dominate people in that same level. Him against Lomachenko. 
You know my favorite kind of fight? People love brawls. I love brawls. I love Gotti Ward. I love fights of the year. Let me make sure I'm not going too long here. I love a lot of stuff. My favorite type of fight, high-speed chess. Okay? Think De La Hoya Mosley won. Think two technically amazing guys with speed, boxing ability, who start off playing chess, and that's chess gets sped up. It's not a brawl. It's not an action fight, but it's high-speed brilliance. This fight would be high-freaking-speed brilliance. Um, can we see it? There's no reason why we can't. They both fight for top rank in, in ESPN. It depends on what Lomachenko wants to do. What are in his targets? Can he get a Lopez rematch? Teo says no right now. Can Loma offer up you know, a very small amount of money for his purse and get in there? I don't know. But this would be a monster fight. If Shakur won it, he's an overnight sensation. Uh, that's a great song, by the way, uh, off of Tommy by the Who. I'm a sensation. Don't forget the Risen card this weekend. A lot of people looking forward to that. Um, all right. That's my five right there. Uh, you could even talk me into liking Shakur versus Lo- uh, Loma more than any other on the list. I know it's a little bit of bl- blasphemic because we want the heavyweight showdown. We want the welterweight showdown. I know if you're watching this and if you're a hardcore, you're like, BC, what about? Here's my honorable mentions real quick. Um, Canelo Triple G3 all the reasons that you want it. I want it too. I just don't want it as badly as these others. Uh, Josh Taylor, Jose Ramirez, unbeaten versus unbeaten, all four belts at 140. Great fight. We're going to see it. I can't wait. I like Josh Taylor in it. Uh, I think Jose Ramirez is, had performances better than he actually is, if that makes any sense to you. He's a great fighter. He maxes himself out. I think Taylor's better. Uh, Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez, Juan Francisco Estrada, part two. We are going to see it on zone to open this year. Uh, it's on every, every hardcore fan's butt list, bucket list buggery list whatever you want to say we we want it we need it the first fight was like eight years ago we finally got the rematch chocolatito's back he's resurgent this is great and uh caleb plant david benavides let's not forget about that that's a great fight to make at super middleweight for a title we thought it was going to be unification benavides lost his title on the scales canelo has his title now it is what it is it's still bull versus matador and i need to see caleb plant in a very tough fight yeah it's a fight with his cock to gee. he has been though on the Al Heyman, uh, Leo Santa Cruz, let's build this guy into a star because I love him dinner circuit. You know, he's been fighting the Mike Lees. He's been fighting the Feigen Butzes. Let's fight David Benavides now. Let's make a big fight. I love that fight. Uh, the other one's Arthur Betterbeev against Dimitri Bivol. Unifying titles, two unbeaten light heavyweight champions. It'd be great. I think Betterbeev's going to stop him, though. Betterbeev stopped and retired Alexander Vostik in his last fight in 2019. Betterbeev was supposed to come back in December, then in January. In February, both got pushed back because he got COVID, unfortunately. Uh, he's going to have that mandatory defense, and I think he's going to fight Bivol. And I think it's going to be fun as balls. And I think Betterbeev's a train that you cannot stand in front of, even Canelo. I don't like Canelo's chances against him. I just don't. This guy's a freaking maniac and he can box and yeah, but I want to see him against Bivol this year. Uh, shout out to all you fans and folks. I know a lot of you are like, dude, w- what happened? You promised you're going to get a lot of Rafe Bartholomew, the boxing hardcores. Yeah, we did. We, we plan on giving it to you. There's been a lot of scheduling issues. There's been weeks with big MMA fights. We've had a lot of interviews. We want to overfill you with morning combat, but we don't want to, uh, overfill you to the point of walking away from the turnstiles right uh you're gonna see more of rafe this year love love getting the band back together with that fella doing some fun clips right there but um please like the video subscribe morning combat all the time mk all day nearly every day i mean really it's a it's a movement right now it's an institution i'm brian campbell and um i got two words for you
we out. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.